first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. And Daniel spoke and said, I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. It is going to be a good day. We are going to make Lou long for a survey today. I promise you. <laughs> You think I'm kidding. Wait. I was like, no more surveys. No more surveys. And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) it is Halloween time. So (laughs) there's my maniacal laugh of the day. So as you can tell, Lou is over there. We are all back from outer space. We've just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face. And we are here to tell you that you can't make God in your image. (laughs) Oh my, that's good. It's true. The best part is that it actually took you a second to figure out what exactly I was just saying. <laughs> Wait, did you just go Gloria Gaynor d- disco? <laughs> yes. No. Yes, I did. That's funny. I've, I, I was, we were driving the other day, and I decided, Cameron looks at me every, weird every time I say this, but I, I joke with her. I said, you know, if the whole you know, church thing never works out, I've decided <laughs> that my, um, my backup career is going to be as a share impersonator. Oh, no. Because I can just belt out um, if I can turn back time. <laughs> that came on the radio when you're in the car and Cameron goes, I can't sing this. It's too low. And I'm like, well, that's because it's not in your range. It's in mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Between that and my Peter Cetera impressions, I am good. Yeah. Peter Cetera. You will have to. The trick to Peter Cetera is you have to poke your chin out. If you don't poke your chin out, you can't sing Peter Cetera notes. Yeah. We'll try this. No, I'm serious. When you're when you're at home and you're listening to the Satara, because that is how he is. No, he is the Satara. The Satara. You have okay. to you have to you have to poke the chin out like this. And when you poke the chin out with the underbite, then you can actually hit the high notes the proper way. Because otherwise, otherwise can, they don't flow through the nasal I can passage see him properly. Doing that. He does. Watch a video of him singing. No, it's he does. Head cocked back in a 45 degree angle, chin forward. Yeah, I am a man. <laughs> and yes, that's too high. I'm goofing off. So. All right, what are we talking about? Well, we are going to have some fun today because we are diving into theology proper, God, as he is. So, now, keep in mind, Christian, we are not talking about the Father. When we say God, we don't just mean the Father. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. When we are diving into today is Yahweh. Talking about the Godhead. Yes, we are talking about God, how God defines God. I'm trying not to I'm trying not to give away the the punchline today. (laughs) So let's dive in. That was Daniel 7 we started with. We're gonna skip ahead a little bit because this is Daniel's vision. There's um the beasts and the horns and the blasphemy and the whole nine yards. You go read Daniel 7, it will do you good. And I kept looking until thrones were set up and the ancient of days took his seat. Okay, why are there thrones? What is this ancient of days? Well, the one who is and was and is to come. We're displaying God as what? 
God is ruler. God is majestic. God is greater than, beyond creation. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So, his vesture was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. Don't you love it? You're you're suddenly thinking of um of Song of Solomon, aren't you? There's a song that the kids that that my kids know on the on the teaching DVDs mm-hmm. where they're singing through like you know your teeth are like the f- freshly shown wool on a summer's day it's or something like not it it was <laughs> I'm thinking of BHI you know because yeah. you know, they're like see well the, 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 my kids love the song because they're talking they're describing the song of Solomon is like. Furry sheep teeth, and my dear, you have goats in your hair. Because <laughs> your hair is like the, the flowing of her hair is like the goats on the hillside. And yeah, yeah, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, figurative language. Why white snow and pure wool? Well, what would that look like? What is that demonstrating? Mm-hmm. Clean, yeah. undisturbed. Yeah. We have a holy and righteous <laughs> God who is ruling majestically from eternity past. That's what Daniel is getting across to you. That's the trick to apocalyptic language is try to figure out what the symbols are showing you. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. Okay, flames and fire. Besides just looking cool on your Camaro. Right, Right. that's exactly where I was going too, yeah. Why, Why do guys think they look awesome on our motorcycles and our sports cars? Because because they make us look what? They make Manly, us, tough. Yes, like yeah. like I have power, I have might, I, I yes, I have the fire. I mean, let's <clears> be honest. <throat> if if you could like if you could get a superpower and one of your super like I, if I gave you, you can be invisible or you can shoot fire at people. I'm shooting fire. Yes, you're shooting fire at people. Although the, sometimes I feel like if I were invisible, it'd be better. Agreed, but if I can shoot fire at people, I don't have to be invisible because I can make everybody else invisible. You're right. <laughs> Burn them, Joe Chris. <laughs> Burning down the house. It's, it's oh, disco day, it apparently. There yep. you go. So we have a majestic, eternal ruler who is holy and righteous, who is filled with power and might. Right? Okay. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him, which means does that power and might only sit in his lap? No, it projects out. His power and might is shown in this world that he has created and that he rules over, meaning he doesn't just sit here and hope you get in line. He can make you get in line. His power is a useful power. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat and the books were opened. So in other words, he rules over a people. He has a kingdom. And he will judge those in and those out because his throne is set up where? Over everything. Okay? This is the picture of God. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. We skipped over the horn. Read Daniel 7. It'll do you good. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning fire. So in other words, there was a challenge to this great being's authority. And how did that go? Yeah, burning fire. (laughs) Fire. Didn't go well. That's three disco songs. You're on a roll. We got to get some Bee Gees in here at some point. I'm sure oh, there will be a yeah. good reason for me to use the Bee Gees. I just don't know what it will be. And you will have to know when we get there. So. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So in other words, there was a challenge, and this is victory. Now, if you know your book of Daniel, 
this should have been expected. Go all the way back to Daniel 2. This was the vision of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw, right? And then that little stone that comes out and it becomes massive and crushes everything. What's the lesson? That all of these earthly kingdoms, some are stronger, some are weaker, some are pure, some are mixed. What happens at the end of all of this? They're destroyed. They're destroyed by God. God. His kingdom will rule. His kingdom will be triumphant. His kingdom will be victorious. And if you have no idea what we're talking about yet, I told you I wasn't trying to give away the uh, the story earlier. I, I just did there. If you're paying attention, you were like, what did he just say that gave it all away? Yeah, well, keep him on the hook for a little bit longer. There you go. This yeah. is what's called a tease. We're almost professionals. <laughs> no, almost. Yeah. I didn't say professionals at what? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm going to be a Sharon Peter Cetera impersonator. Now, that's yeah. a show. The wardrobe oh. chain is going to be something. Be yeah, and I don't know how I'm going to get the rose tattoo She's on my butt. She's pretty tall. Yeah, I can. I can. I think I can function in the heels. Yeah. But I'm gonna have to go from rose tattoo on the butt to that feathered, weird hairdo that Satara has. I don't know how I'm gonna make that work. Oh, wigs will do the body good, I guess. Gonna have to, I guess. Yeah. I don't think I look good in fishnets. Though is the other problem. <laughs> Notice I said I don't think I do because I've never tried. Okay, just just making sure we're all aware of there. It. Huh? <laughs> so. Now, if you fast forward to the end of your Bible, you will see the same idea carried out. You get to the book of the end of the book of Revelation. You have God upon his throne. Yeah. Notice the difference. You have there not a river of fire, but a river of life. Mm-hmm. As he's ruling over his people, as the victory has already been done in chapters 19 and 20. Chapter 21, he is now ruling victoriously. He's already had his victory. Same ideas, same concepts. That's why these apocalyptic books actually go together. So if you want to ever really study Revelation, study Daniel first. It'll do you good. So he's destroyed. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. So in other words, God's rule is what? It's a secure rule. What's going to challenge it? Nothing. Nothing. Who's going to challenge it? And the fact that these these people that are trying to usurp and do things their own way, their days are numbered. Yes. That's comforting. If If you want a good corollary to this, read Psalm 2. One of our favorite psalms, the the ending of that psalm, do homage to the sun, basically, while you still can. Because you're warring against God. You are wallowing in your sin. Don't do that. It will not end good for you. (laughs) What? You're right. (laughs) Don't do that. uh, Of all the brilliant things we're going to say today, that's not on the list. No, I'm in agreement. I'm fighting against God. Stop that. Yeah, it's not smart. (laughs) This will not end how you think it will. Be burning fire if you keep it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold. Ooh, okay. Let's remember your rule for Bible reading. Anytime you see a behold, big time out, like take a 20, pretend it's basketball season, and slow down. Something important's coming. With the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. He came up to the Ancient of Days, and he was presented before him. So the Son of Man was presented before the Ancient of Days. This is your understanding that you get from the New Testament. This is what the angel tells the apostles in the book of Acts. Why are unintentional comedy, you know, is my favorite thing in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Acts 1 is, is one of the top ten verses because of that reason. Because okay. Jesus ascends up into the cloud, and all the men of Galilee are standing there staring up at the sky. And the angel walks up and be like, what you guys looking at? Why are you standing here, standing up at the sky? This Jesus who went up is going to come back the same way. <laughs> right. Get, get to work, in other words. Yeah, you know the angel just walked up and like, you know, because you know he walked up and stood there for a minute and like looked up, looked at everybody and then looked up again like, what you doing? 
Mm-hmm. What'd you see? Yep. <laughs> see anybody you know up there? What are you guys looking yeah, at? Yeah, what are you just staring at this guy for? Yeah. Conversely, Paul expands on this. Um, Philippians 2. Okay. Christ has power and authority. Why? Because he has done the work that God has commanded. He has done the work as was ordained. That's, um, and you know what? I need to pull it up. It'd be worth if I pull it up. You know, like, you almost like if I plan this out or something like that. This is where you find quick computer skills, right? Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. This is your um, Matthew 1 and 2, your Luke 1 and 2. This is your, your birth. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the rest of your Gospels. For this reason, so because of the work that Christ has done, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. That kind of covers everybody, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. That every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So in other words, because of who he is... And what he has done, he will rule forever. forever. That's the work. That's what you're seeing here. This son of man has come up to the Ancient of Days and is presented and is given to him dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So in other words, again, connect your apocalyptic books. Revelation 7. The lamb ruling over what? All the tribes, tongues, and nations. Connect back, Daniel 2. The stone that as the uh, Old Testament and New Testament will build on, the one that was rejected will become the cornerstone. It will crush the nations. It will establish. You'll see the same thing with um, with Daniel 4. Nebuchadnezzar is humbled. Why? Because he thinks he's something when God is the one who has dominion and authority. <clears throat> you see the same thing in Daniel 6 with Belta, uh, is it Belteshazzar? My brain just stopped working. I can't remember. Oh, we got to hang on. Daniel 4, you said? No, it's Daniel Daniel 6. I, we got this. We got this. We are, a, uh, we are an amateur, non-professional system. The, the grandson, isn't it? Isn't that Belteshazzar? My brain doesn't want to work. No, that's not Belteshazzar. That's Daniel 5. Daniel 6, it, and it's Belshazzar. Daniel is Belteshazzar, I think. That's Belshazzar. Daniel 6 is the, um, the lion's den. When he's put into the lion's den because he won't worship, and he won't worship Darius. the... Uh, Daniel serves Darius. Yeah, he won't worship Darius. He will only worship and pray to God. Why? Because who has dominion and authority? Only God. Only God does. Absolutely. Therefore, Daniel follows rightly. So what's the point of all of this? God here in this apocalyptic vision is being presented as eternal, majestic, Holy, righteous, powerful, able to judge and able to save because he's got a people that he is protecting because of his power. Well, if he is able to protect his people, then he has redeemed them. Mm -hmm. So you are seeing all the attributes of God and Christ on full display, both for the good of his people and for the ill of not his people. Now, here's where the fun parts begin. Who is God? <laughs> you feel the brains melting, right? Right, right. I mean, we just talked about the attributes. You know, he is creator, he is savior, he is he is all those things. And that's the difficulty. Christian, get comfortable with this. You explain God based on what you have observed that he does. Always remember our analogy that we borrow. 
the bug in the jar will never understand the boy who put him there. Right. I mean, we the are only the thing that we have that we can understand God through the lens, it, 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 through a, any lens, is, is the Word of God. And that's why he left it for us, so that we might know him. And, and notice the pronouns that we've we've all been oh, we've oh, both been using. I was just gonna get there. Yeah. See, another so let's <clears throat> let's build this real quick. So God is known by His attributes, right. how He has revealed Himself to us. Yeah. Beyond that, how He has explained Himself to us. So, what did we say? God is the eternal ruler. He is majestic, holy, righteous. He is powerful and mighty. He is the source of all things, and his power extends over all places, and he is the right ruler of a kingdom that he has secured and protected, and those who will go against him he shall judge and destroy. Right. Now, why do I keep calling him him? Because that's how Scripture does it. Right. Notice here in Daniel 7, Ancient of Days took his seat, his vesture, his hair, his head, his throne. I mean, flowing in a river of fire, flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands and thousands are attending him. Myriads and myriads were standing before him. Right. <laughs> I mean, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man coming up. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. So the Son of Man is he who was presented before the Ancient of Days, who is him. And to him was given that all the nations and languages might serve him. His dominion is everlasting. His kingdom will not be destroyed. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. God did it. Right. This is how he has explained himself. Right. I mean, it, setting that aside, I mean, what is something, there, there's something that we, we, there's a prayer that we pray that's very common, right? And in almost every walk of faith. And it's found in Matthew 6, right? Our Father. Right. That's how Christ refers to him, as a father. No, that you'll see that throughout the Gospels. Um, go read John especially for this. Your heavenly father, mm -hmm. the son, Jesus forever explaining the relationship between son and father. Now, I don't care what your politics are. I just don't. Right. Um, well, it has nothing and this is an appropriate anything. day. Do you know what today is? No. Today is actually International Pronouns Day. Is it? It is. Oh, I thought you were going to say something more exotic. But yeah. Talk about dumb luck. Today yeah. is actually International Pronouns Day. Well, that's a good thing I got put off to today. Then, <laughs> See? Huh? God knew what he was doing. Who'd have thunk that? Who'd have thunk? You're going to like this. This is in religious, religion news. Writing last week in the New York Times. Ooh. You know it must be important if it's in the, in the New York Times. Linguistics professor John McWhorter waxed enthusiastic about the advent of they as our all-purpose third-person singular pronoun. Okay, for those of you that don't remember English class, <laughs> your first-person pronouns are the ones that you use to talk about you. So I am using a first-person pronoun when I talk about me. Okay, make sense? Mm -hmm. We then have second-person pronouns where we talk about people that are doing stuff over there. So you people are doing things. Mm -hmm. Now, we can have singular and plural in the first person. So I versus we, or me versus us. So I have singular and plural. Right. English is funky because we have you 
for singular over there, and we have you for plural over there. Unless you're from the South, in which case you'll have y'all, but y'all can still be singular in the South. Or if you're from parts of the Mid-Atlantic, and you could get a use. <laughs> yeah, Utes. As, no, Utes are, Utes are teenagers. Okay. But you can have use Utes, <laughs> okay. which is a group of teenagers. <laughs> as having as someone who has family from New York City, that's use is a plural that you can you, you use, use gotta guys. go use yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Which is why also where I'm from in New England that we don't drop a y'all. If we have a plural, everybody's guys. Hey guys, you guys. Because that that that's men, women, dogs, yeah. birds, whatever. Whatever. Now third person <laughs> is when we refer to the the group. So <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets fun. Yeah. They, in English, can't be plural, or it can't be singular. It's right. a plural pronoun. Right. They went. They were talking about a group of people. But in our insanity of world... Yeah, it's just like they're trying to bend something to their, to their definition. We have now decided that we can use they in the singular, which doesn't make any sense so here's the example roberta wants a haircut and they also want some highlights see in english that sentence should read roberta wants a haircut and she also wants some highlights notice how that had to change that sentence roberta wants a haircut and they also want some highlights it should say roberta wants a haircut and she also wants some highlights actually changes the verb structure whether you're using singular or plural. Yeah, I, I honestly would not. I'd be like. So uh, technically, can you, can you re-say that? Again? Technically, that should read in order to make, in order to denote that they is singular. It should say Roberta wants a haircut, and they also wants some highlights. Which the plural on the wants the, the verb would denote that it's a singular pronoun. Yeah. This is how dumb this all is. This is crazy. I, I, I actually put out a tweet on the uh, Practical Theology Ministries Twitter account this morning explaining International Pronoun Day explains how we, uh, thinking we are wise, we have become fools. Oh, yeah. And rejected the truth and unrighteousness. Because this is dumb. This is. This is dumb. Language change is a spectator sport, McWhorter writes. It isn't whether but how things will change over time. And getting to witness a major change like what's happening today is kind of a privilege. All right, why am I reading you this? Like, this sounds like something I should be talking about with Cameron, right? Not that I have a choice, but I'm down with this particular privilege. And here's a modest proposal. Let's extend it to God. We didn't go off the rails. We just, like, crashed the train into a nitroglycerin factory. There's fire involved, right? Yes. I mean, there are no survivors. Mm -hmm. No one has lived. In contrast to human beings, it has long been accepted that God is not gendered, except when he is. At least within the main Abrahamic theological tradition. That would be us, by the way. A phrase such as God the Father should be treated as a metaphor. And for those concerned about the embedded misogyny of the tradition to say nothing of post-binary folks, a deeply problematic one. If you're post-binary, you're mentally ill. Great, I agree. I'm just. I, I mean, I'm. I. I am in a mood. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. Everything is on fire. I don't care anymore. Right. If you are post-binary, you are mentally ill, or you are utterly, utterly depraved. 
there's not literally another answer for this. Right. There is no post-binary. Okay, to put this in the simplest terms possible, you're either an innie or an outie, regardless of how you feel that day. We've just lost Lou. <laughs> <laughs> now we got like that bad, I mean, that bad 80s song doesn't work. Man, I wish I was a woman. No, that doesn't work. And I know she doesn't say man, but it's something else, but that's okay. <laughs> Lou's like, I don't know that one. And you're a better person for it. I'm thinking. That'd be all right. <sighs> it's one of those misheard song lyrics. You can't be a post-binary, and the reason why God the Father is explained is because, okay, you want a great example of this? We were walking. Um, we, have a, we have a hunting spot that we were scouting out the other day, and Cameron and I went down there, and the kids came with, and we, we set up shop in this cornfield that they haven't picked yet to see exactly where we wanted to put a blind up so that we could hunt this little stand of woods that we're going to hunt. And so when we left, it was getting dark. We decided that the, the, the problem we ended up having is some deer came out, and then they went back in. And then there were, we, still, we discovered sitting there that there were deer bedded in the cornfield behind us. Mm-hmm. So normally we would have waited till it was dark and make sure no, we didn't spook anything. But since we had deer in the cornfield still because it hadn't been picked yet, we decided to meander on out and let them all kind of have their way of things, and we'll come back another time. So we're walking down, and it's a little dark. When something happened, somebody drove by that we knew, and so we stopped and talked, and... Cameron and the kids walked on ahead, and it was getting dark, and they had their flashlights, and I was sitting there talking, and then the person left, and I started to walk. And all of a sudden, I see this flashlight bobbing back towards me. It's my daughter. I'm like, what are you doing? You're just walking farther. She's like, well, I wanted to walk with you. Okay, whatever. Then she starts walking with me. She goes, I know there's nothing really going on out here, but I, I feel safer when I'm with you than when I'm with Mommy. <laughs> Can I let you a little secret, people? She should. She should. Right. That's why God the Father is listed and not God the Mother. Yes, God cares for his people. Yes, God shepherds his people. Yes, God nurtures his people. He does it in strength and in power Mm -hmm. and in security, which is what a father is supposed to do for his family. That's why the language is used in Scripture, and that's why you never see God presented as God the mother. Yes, there are places I long to, you know, like a mother hen. Yes, because the mother hen is doing what? Protecting her chicks. Yeah, right. Because roosters don't do that for the chicks. So the mother hen does. That's the example that's given. If there were penguins being raised in Middle East, we'd have used that, and then it would have been men again. (laughs) Because that's who guards the eggs, is the male penguins. Right. Why is this important? You don't get to determine who God is and how he is described and presented. Right. And if he the does. pronouns offend you, uh, that's too bad. That's a you problem. That's that, yeah, it's definitely a you problem. The bug in the jar needs to get with the program. Right. Remember, I mean, the bug in the jar we will... Get to, we don't get to dictate uh, the translation that best uh, fits your sensibilities. I mean, it's just it's ludicrous. Read it as if it, read it the way it was written. Yeah, they actually give you an example, like in the doxology. <clears throat> they want the doxology to be sung, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise them all creatures here below. As opposed to praise him. See, you want to know the other reason why we use singular masculine pronouns for God? Because if we used a third-person plural, it would confuse the doctrine of the Trinity. We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are three persons, but they are 
one God, one Yahweh. The reason why we don't refer to God in the plural is because God is not plural. Yahweh is a singular essence, a singular substance. He has revealed himself and is existent in three persons, but there are not three Yahwehs. Right. Now, a this, lot of people get that mixed up, and it's very, this is deadly. very confusing. This would be more than a little confusing. Try, yeah. to, try to explain the doctrine of the Trinity to your children as it is now. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Now try to do it with confused pronouns. That doesn't work. Now, that's the reason why we don't hang on that, ar- on that argument more is because it's an argument from practicality. I don't want to make an argument from practicality. I want to make an argument from authority. Who is our authority? God. How do I understand God? The way he has revealed himself. By what standard can I dogmatically declare how God has revealed himself? I must anchor on Scripture. Right. Which well, means... Well, Scripture that is not uh, changed in a way that kind of denatures... Okay. Well, because if I have to change Scripture, then I'm no longer arguing from Scripture. I'm arguing from my giving of Scripture. Right, and that's the argument that we're having here today is, is that yeah, we don't well, get... To... Well, God said he, but he should have said they. Right. Think about that sentence. Right. That Think about Chris... that sentence. Yeah. yeah. What I'm basically saying is I know better how to describe God yeah. than... God does. And remember the fire earlier we yeah. spoke of. We don't get to arbitrarily see, do that. See, I mean, the argument here would be, well, you know, we didn't know about post-binary things when Scripture was written. Therefore, the eternal almighty who knows the end from the beginning and declares the end from the beginning couldn't possibly have written the Bible in a way that would have explained the times that we live in now. See, that sounds dumb to say out loud, doesn't it? What do do I always tell you? Why do you think I say to actually formulate these arguments out loud? Because when you hear them, you go, oh, the amount of blasphemy that I just uttered is astounding. You need to say these things out loud because sometimes you need to hear yourself. And it's not that I know you're not making the argument Christian, but they are. Say the argument like this because now realize what you're arguing against. And remember, this is something – Ooh, shameless plug alert. You ready? Here we go. This is something we're going to be talking about on Sunday morning, so listen to the sermon. It'll do you good. The way that you battle in this world matters. This is why I don't want to make this as a practicality argument, because the the danger of the practicality argument is, well, this is just impractical, and it doesn't make any sense, and it's just going to be confusing, and, and think of the children. No. The argument is one of authority. I stand upon Scripture because that is what has been God revealed. That is what is Theonustus. That is what he has breathed out and shown us. Therefore, that is the clearest, only accurate, only good revelation that explains the boy who put me, the bug, in the jar. To go anywhere else is to try to use my bug brain. That doesn't end well. So I want to sit here and go, how does God present himself? Well, he continually presents himself as himself. He continually presents himself as defender, protector, redeemer, sacrificer, security, almighty. I mean, if you picture, let's be honest, guys, okay? As I'm describing these attributes, are you picturing a chick? No, he describes himself as a husband, too. I mean, come on. I mean, everything that you... You can't go anywhere. The Torah, the prophets, the New Testament. You can't go anywhere in the in the scriptures and come across anything that would let you translate 
God as anything but a him, I know. a father, a, a husband. Ephesians 5, what's I'm, the purpose of marriage? It's to picture the relationship of Christ and his bride. <clears throat> Who is Christ's bride? His church. Right. I mean, this is, this is what's the argument against, uh, against Israel? Israel was acting like a harlot. Mm-hmm. Israel is acting like a prostitute. Right. Forsaking her husband. Right. Forsaking her vine dresser. Forsaking the one who uh, cared and pruned. These are all jobs that were done in this world by men uh, intentionally because hard work and protection were meant to be done by right. men. There's a reason why we're just built bigger right. on average. Reason why I'm never going to be a good share impersonator. Although if there was anybody I was going to impersonate, I think I got the shoulders for Cher. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wash my eyes out. There is no bleach for the brine's eye, is there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Lou's going to be at home pouring Clorox down one ear. Wife's going to be like, what happened? Oh, just listen to the podcast. <laughs> it won't do you good. <laughs> I mean, we try to have fun with this, but in all seriousness, what we're really doing here is trying to redefine God in whose image? Mine. The way that I see the world, the way that I understand the world around me is how I want God to be defined. That's why I started with you can't make God in your image. You are already made in his. It's idolatry is what it is. It is. It is the base of humanity to climb into God's chair and say, get out. You're in my seat. Man, can you imagine? But that's what we do. What an analogy. But that's what's going on here. Why Why do I say that's what's going on? Because what I'm really saying is you don't know who you are. Right. You no, that, that, that's the problem. We don't know who we are. No, no, no. We are looking at God saying, yeah. you don't know who you are. We are looking at God and saying, you, eternal, almighty, we're, we're powerful ruler of creation, right. have no idea who and what you are. Right. Yeah. That's just dumb. Yeah, well, they, they, well, it comes from a low view of Scripture. And a, and a high view of self. And a high view of self, right. I mean, if you don't believe in Theonostas, God-breathed word of God, if you don't believe in that, then you can come to these conclusions. And that becomes the problem because what you're doing is you're standing on something other than the foundation that Christ and the apostles have laid down. And realize that that connects to Christ and the prophets of the Old Testament. The same Jesus who's inspiring Peter is the same Jesus who's inspiring Habakkuk. Mm -hmm. The same Holy Spirit that's preserving the works of Paul is the same Holy Spirit that's preserving the works of Joel and Samuel and Ezra and all of these things. It's the same God at work. So when I move off of what Scripture says, again, okay, one of our rules. If you're the first person in 2,000 years of human history to come up with something, you know what you most likely are? Probably wrong. You're probably wrong. If you're the first person in, at this point, 3,500 years of recorded Bible history, we give Moses credit for the Torah around the early, what, early 15th century B.C.? So you're the first person in 3,500 years to go, you know, maybe we should use gender-neutral language for God. Heretic. Get behind me, Satan. Right. I mean, who do we think we are? That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So this this was an easy one. Everybody at home is, go have fun, dig up. It's in religious news service. You can go find the article. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We have to end because people are showing up with candy for Bible study. They're bringing Halloween candy and stuff. That's what that noise was. <laughs> the okay. box is right there. Okay. It's right it's just on the other side of this glass for us. <laughs> so we have to finish up because I have to go teach on Revelation 3, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> which is going to be a fun evening. But <clears throat> I know this is an easy one, but go through and read this. Train yourself, Christian. If you got nothing else out of this, train yourself to not under, not attack the tentacles. 
kill the root. The tentacles of this is, how do I understand me? How do I understand God? The root of this is, what's my authority? By what standard and argument am I actually doing these things? Train yourself for that, and you will be able to deal with the slings and arrows from the enemy in the rest of your life. Because you won't be just trying to defend yourself against what's coming flying over the wall. You'll be able to kill the root that's shooting at you, which is always the goal in life. So, did we miss anything? No, I think that was... All right. So what have we learned here today, children? God defines himself. We only know what God has revealed, and any attempt to redefine God is idolatry of self. Yes. That's, that's a good summary. Right. I like almost know like almost know kind of what I'm doing here. Yeah. <laughs> Questions, comments, complaints, and info at practicaltheologyministries.com. If you have something you want us to go over, a doctrine you want discussed, or a story that a survey that Lou that'll make Lou cry, you can send it there. We'll be glad to do that because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We review these things and teach them back to you, the people, as a great prophet Bain once said. <laughs> Bain. Love Bain. It. I take Gotham and I give it to you. The people. <laughs> That's what we do. We take theology and we give it back to you, the people. the people. That's what we do. So until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.